right, so I had some visions, and these visions was heavy because I feel like they reflected a lot of what I've been going through and dealing with lately. So, in the first vision, I was at Costco or something like that, and then I saw this actor. I was there getting some groceries, but then I ended up going back to this house, this home. I was there, and it was like, I think my aunt or somebody was upstairs, and he had kid, my aunt or somebody. It was there for his kid, but something happened where we fell out with him. And I don't know what he was saying. All I know was he was so mad, and we was fighting him. He was just like, he was mad about something. I can't remember. It was like, he was mad. And he just started fighting me real hard. Like, he started blasting through the house. He was blasting through the windows. I kept pushing him out the house, but he kept busting through and he blasted through the windows and he blasted through the door. He blasted the walls off the house. I remember throwing a couch at him. All kind of stuff. But he, and I kept pushing him out. But he kept pushing, he kept blowing the house over. Like, don't, like blowing the house up. Till it ain't feel safe no more. And he was so mad though. Like, I'm going to tear this whole house down. Because I kept pushing them out. And I think maybe I took his house or something. I might have took his house, but I doubt it because... All I know is I was like, I don't feel safe with you here. And I made him go. He kept being pushed out. He wasn't even walking. He was just floating back out the house, through the walls. Like, just, he was so mad. Every time I pushed him out, he got madder. He was getting so mad. And I didn't know what to do. Because part of me, like, cared for him, really felt bad for him. But I was like, no, you can't, you can't stay here. Because I don't feel safe with you around me. I can't lay my eyes down and go to sleep with you here. And I pushed him out. And I didn't feel bad for that. Because I'm like, how am I supposed to feel bad that, you know, I'm trying to save my family. And when you around me, I feel prayed over. I can't let you stay around me like that. So I, I pushed him out. I'm, and looking back in hindsight, after waking up, that must have been his house or something. It must have been his house. Maybe he got me out of Costco and brought me to his house and I just took it or something. But that don't even make sense because, you know, 
or what I be doing in Costco and how come I couldn't find my own house? Like, what was going on? But my dad and my brother was there. They was fighting with me. He was, like, putting up such a fight. Like, he was so mad. He was so mad, like, you can't do this. You can't do this. I didn't even know I was doing anything wrong. I really didn't. I just, I know that he felt it was wrong. You know, I know I'm just trying to do what God is leading me to do. I don't be trying to cross people. But after what I've been through and after everything that I've seen, I know it's no limits to what I go through. And it's process. So whatever I got to do for God, I just got to do for God. And whatever I got to go through for God, I just got to go through for him. So it really just feel like I don't even be knowing my actions really result in. It's just whatever it is, I'm I'm okay with the consequences or whatever that is. As long as it's for God, you know. Whatever I got to go through. Like if I'm really being sold off into a sexual prostitution ring, spiritual. <laughs> Excuse me, spiritually. No control over my mind, my body. And they trying to take my soul down the hill and trying to kill me, you know. It's forces that's trying to kill me and keep me from God forever. When it's, when that's the case, it don't really matter what nobody else's opinion is. They can't keep you out of hell. They can't save your life. They might be able to offer some temporary help or some temporary comfort, but... When it come down to it, you really don't got nobody but God. And that's something I had to learn the hard way. So I don't really feel bad with my actions that, that much no more. You know, especially when I got the right intent. Now, if I was moving wrong, then I'm just wrong. You know, but when I'm trying to fight towards God, it is what it is. I can't stay hung up on that, even though part of my heart is just like, man, you know, I really care for you. I really care for you. I don't want to have to do this. I mean, yeah, I do. I do want to have to do this for God. But I don't know. It's like really like those movies. Like, I forgot the name of the scary movie, but all I know is he went into the spirit realm to save somebody else's. And right before he went in, he looked in the mirror. And a, a spirit possessed his body. And he didn't come back. He got left in the spirit realm. The spirit came back in his body. The spirit was plotting on killing his family for a whole year before they realized he wasn't himself. And it started with his son getting locked in the spirit realm by some demon because he was a astral projector and it's like that movie was always crazy to me because it felt like it was just so much truth to it and you know only mediums able to get them out and all kind of stuff the only lie in that movie is that they didn't have no other option but mediums they could have went to god god can do anything 
And if God would have done it, maybe it wouldn't happen like that. So I'm trusting God to help me because I know anything else or anybody else would just make things worse. Just like in that movie, he went to go fix one problem and he was able to save his son. But he came back a whole nother person and put his entire family in in danger, his wife and his son. So in reality, he came back with a worse problem. And that's all mediums or necromancers or whatever they call themselves, sorcerers, sorceresses, wizards, warlocks, you know, whatever they call themselves, that's all they ever do, make problems worse. They never help. Psychics, tarot card readers, fortune tellers, they make stuff worse. So... The second part of the vision, I'm at this old house my dad used to stay at. And he's there. And then I run into Bill. And we're just talking. And, like, we're just talking about, like, we're just vibing. Like, every single time. I mean, what we got in common, like, we just talking about when he wasn't, when he ain't had nobody and, you know, what he had to do and how he felt alone and how he understand that. And I'm just talking about how, like, he just made me so happy, you know. He really treated me well. He do. He really, you know, valued me and treat me like, you know, a really good person and you help me like you do something for me and I don't know I just I must got something wrong with me because I always you know attract men like this and I love it I really do I I do love it and I'm doing my best to work on that with God because it's something inside of myself that want to be everything that somebody never had. And so I always find myself in a position giving way more than I ever get back. But I always like the men that make me feel like it's worth it. Or at least they they fill gaps that I got. Like they comfort me. They hold me. They make me feel like what I lack, love and stuff like that in certain areas, you know, they can help me with and they're there for me. But usually these men don't these men don't have the best intentions for me because they want me all to themselves and that's it. You know, I ain't really focused about what's where it's going or what what's gonna happen in the future or what we gonna do after this is just what you're doing for me now, I guess. I don't know. Well, it's just me and you in the future, that's it. Like I don't know. I don't really know. All I know is like I feel drawn to this individual and then it was a part of the vision where it's another guy and there's another guy, this other guy I was attracted to him, and I was 
you know, about to talk with him or or deal with him, and then Bill pop back up, and all I know is, you know, he was like, see, that's what I mean, you always cheat on me, you always, you know, you always go to another guy, and then I guilt trip him, like, well, then don't be with me then, you know, whatever, and then it's like, no, I'll be with you, you know. So I feel bad because I'll be wrong for that. But it's just something inside of me. I guess I'm trying to work on and heal. I can't do it without God, though. You know, if I do it without God, I'll just be faking it. I'll just be like, oh, I fixed it, but it's not fixed. Like, I ain't even know. I couldn't. It's almost like I couldn't even control that I did stuff like that. I couldn't even control it. Like, he was gone for five seconds. Another guy came in. I was talking to this guy. I didn't know this guy. And then he came back, and I was like, I didn't even realize I did that. It's like, it must be something like, it must be who I am or something. But I'm changing, so when I'm not focused on God, it's more of an issue. I need God. I need him. But I still do that. Even though I care so much about this individual, even though this individual made me feel different than most people, than everybody else. And I feel more myself, more at home with myself with this individual. And all kinds of things like, who even was that person? That person do not even matter, but it mattered to this person that I was just talking to them. And so I can't even control that. I can't even control that, you know. I dealt with this individual in your absence, but I just know that with you, it matter way more to me. It mean way more to me than with them. They don't really matter, even though they do, you know? But can't your cake and eat it too so how can I be mad at somebody for being upset about that I just know you know this person made me feel special made me feel something I don't feel a lot and maybe that's that's kind of like my match in a way I always want to be some be everything for somebody and this person want to be everything for somebody but Neither one of us is whole enough to be everything for somebody. So we filling in the gaps for each other where we can. And we just, you know, lost without God. For real. Even though it feel better with him than without him. But then, you know, he left. And I was with my sister and my dad. And... We went to this hotel. We was at this. We was in this pool, and this pool was like all women, only women. And I was chilling. I wasn't doing nothing. I was just sitting in the in the pool on the side, relaxing. And all I know is like It was an instructor there. She was like, this is the only women's pool. All women. We all had our swimsuits on. It was cool. I wanted to get out in the water and kind of like enjoy myself, but I couldn't do nothing. 
I just had to sit there and chill. Like, God, it's, you know, I just got this feeling like, no, you look way too good. You cannot go and enjoy yourself, even when there's only women around. And then there were men there, but they were like, They were theys. They were not. They were not interested in women, so it was fine. But then I heard like Bill back. He just got back, and uh, and what rushed through my head was, you know, why would he be back so soon? Then I thought about all the, you know, problems he'd be having and going through and I'm like he probably need me probably going through something so I rushed back up there to get back to him they like he he had such and such so I'm on my way there and I run into him and then I see Blazing and she ran to him and I was like, you're on the second floor. I'm like, all right, I got to get there before she do. Because what's she going there for? But I really wasn't tripping because I know, like, she not me. You know, if even if he deal with her, she not me. So it's not even a competition. But I went to where he's supposed to be at. He wasn't there. He was like, oh, he on the third floor instead. I go to the third floor and... On my way to the third floor, I see Blazing, and she said, he said you didn't come here. He said you didn't come see him. And I was like, ah, oh, dang, you're right. You know? So that's when I walked past her, and she was just looking like, much to it she was just looking like you know I'm sitting here to tell you that and then I went up to the third floor he wasn't there either it was this other guy and I remember him his dress was longer before but they was cut short this time he had on a nice little outfit I just came from such and such and it was him instead and I was like oh okay I was looking for Bill but you know it's like Bill ain't here no more and I'm like alright well you cool. Then my dad was cooking. And all I know was I was about to eat. It was some beef, roast beef, pot roast or something like that. Potatoes and mashed potatoes, I guess. I don't know, whatever. I went to go eat. And all I know is the dogs start eating out the pot of food right in front of me. Before I can get my plate. First, my sister jumped in front of me, got her plate first, and she was eating. Then, my dad was sitting by the stove, by the, by the pot of food, and the dog just started licking and eating out the pot of food. And I was just like, I'm so hungry. But the dog started eating out the food. That's not cool. So I was still having my plate and I was about to eat, but I'm like, nah, I just didn't eat. I just couldn't eat. When I woke up, in between the visions, I meant to talk about this. In, the, in between the visions, right before the, right after the first vision, I saw, 
I had felt this feeling like I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm praying that finally, you know, I must have burned my aunt in some way for whatever reason. I don't know why. You know, I think it might have had something to do with the vision that she was in where I died and ain't nobody care. But my brother and my dad a little bit. So, all I know is I just heard, like, it sounded like, oh, I saw this vision where my brother, he said something to me. He was like, he was like, And how you know I ain't want smoke behind when you used to act like that and talk to dad like that? And I think this had a lot to do with, over the years, I used to curse my dad out. I used to have so much smoke on my dad over the years because how he used to allow his wife to treat me. I used to say us, treat us, but he if he ain't had no smoke behind that, but but smoke behind me, then I'm just going to say me. How he used to let his wife treat me. And it really was for us, but whatever. But he was like telling me the whole time because he never used to say nothing. Even though he used to complain to me about this stuff too. He never used to say nothing when I would catch smoke with my dad about it. The whole time he wanted to cuss me out. He, He had something to say to me talking to my dad like that you know and I ain't mad at him about it I ain't even mad at it it's whatever like you know I wish I had known you felt that way because you know maybe then I would have understood better why when it's just me and you you got a problem with all the stuff I got a problem with but whenever I bring up the problems to dad hoping that he'll do something about it or change things you don't never say nothing you never say a word, even though it was me and you complaining. I might complain more, but you got a lot to say about this, too. So it's not like I'm just bringing up issues that, you know, just non-existent only in my head or only happening to me. But you want to catch up with me for feeling like we deserve more, for feeling like we deserve to be considered a little better, a little more. You know, for holding our dad accountable. And I guess God's just different. And I always said that, but I don't really all the way feel that way no more. Because I'm starting to experience, you know, all different things. God is showing me things on a different level. And it's a lot of people just like him. So it's not like that's... I'm not saying you're the only one like that. It's a lot of people right like him, right in his lane, but everybody not. And I think that's what matter to me, that everybody not. You going to be you. I should have been able to see that. You don't never say nothing. But I'm going to be mean. And I can't change how I feel. You know, I can change how I respond to things, but I can never change how something made me feel. 
So, yeah, I'm working on changing how I respond to things. I know I was wrong for cursing my dad out. The Bible say, obey thy mother and father. So I'm working on that anyways. That's number one. I shouldn't have been disrespecting him in the way I was disrespecting him. But I really, truly feel like it don't matter how I came and told him. It just, he just ain't want to hear it. He just didn't want the truth. You know, you letting her do this. You know you wrong when you do it. And you expect us to sit here and just, I'm going to stop saying us. You expect me to just sit here and accept that kind of treatment as okay. I get it. You're my dad. I'm supposed to respect you and whoever you marry as stepmother and father. I'm supposed to respect y'all. I get it. But, you know, I still don't feel like it's okay for me to be treated like that in my own house. I don't. And it's going to make me feel some type of way whether I say something or not. I just felt like as your daughter, I had the right to bring certain issues up to you as my dad and expect for you to care about how it's making me feel, how it's affecting me, and want to actually change things. But I should have listened when it felt like different people around me was telling me he know exactly what he's doing. You think he don't notice how he's letting her act that way towards you? You think he don't have... Like he just don't care. He's selfish. And it won't change that you're my father, but it will change, you know, how I, how I deal with things. You know, I know you feel like you need this relationship and you won't allow that different stuff to happen because it's a small price to pay to you. But it ain't no small price to me. And I think it matters a lot. I'm going to obey my father, but I'm also going to, you know, acknowledge that's who my father is. Instead of pretending and lying to myself, saying to myself, maybe he just don't understand me. Maybe he just don't see it my way. Maybe I should speak up because closed mouths don't get fed. And the thing about it is he knew. He knew the whole time, so. I wasn't wrong, but I wasn't right because I used to get real loud and I used to start cursing back at him and I used to start losing respect for him. And I should have just never said nothing, I guess. Or when I said it, said it first time to calmly, out of love, with respect and never said it again. And that's just what it should have been. But it's complicated with families because you got to live with them. When y'all at odds, we all hate each other. You still got to go back home every day and be around these people. I should have ran away. But, you know, even the Lord wouldn't have agreed with that. So, or would he? I don't know. I can't say But all I know is that him responding to me and saying, maybe I want to smoke behind, you know, how you used to talk to dad. I knew it was true. I felt it. It was one of his biggest issues with me. Every single time 
he always choose my dad over me. I'm not mad about that. I'm, I really don't. I can't even be mad about that. You choose dad over me? Okay, cool. I choose God over all of y'all. How can I be mad? You got your, you know, you, you who you are and I'm who I am. But, you know, it's the, it's the, it's the, I think what make me uneasy is like, I would never know how you really feel about me. You be sitting right in my face and you really be seeming like you don't, you don't say a word. You don't say a word. And I would never know how you feel. I would never know. And you know how to speak up when you want your way or when you want something from me. We might got that in common in certain ways. But you would never know how to communicate your feelings to me. And even when he was saying it, he still could never say it to me. He was saying it. My aunt was helping him. Like, he just don't even have enough respect for me to tell me how he felt about me. He'd rather just feel that way. And, you know, I don't even know if he was doing stuff behind that. But he'd rather just feel that way. But he had never let me know how he feel. And that shows that with other people, you can talk about it. With other people, you can express how you feel, even about me. But you can never say it to me. That says to me, you don't see me as a human. You don't feel like my feelings matter. You don't feel like that's something that I should know. Or you just don't respect me or our brother-sister relationship enough to even care. You know, you don't want me to know because you don't care how I feel. You don't care about treating me with respect. You don't put me on that level. You don't see me that way. For me, it felt like he felt like I don't matter enough. Who are you? You don't got enough pull. You don't move nothing to me. You ain't nobody. You know, if I feel that way, then I just feel that way. I ain't, you know, but at least I got enough pull that you can't say it to my face. You know, because you don't want to, you don't want me to lose respect for you. You don't want me to start treating you the way you, who, for who you are. You don't want me to see you for who you are. But you also don't care in a way. You care, but you don't respect me enough, you know, to say it. So... You know, I don't know how to feel about that, but I think I just, a lot of the time I overlooked that part. Like, I might have even noticed it, the abuse. He knew I was being abused. He would just contribute or take whoever side that was abusing me. He wouldn't really stick up for me for real. Never really wanted me to be happy or free. And a lot of times I felt like I was just so confined to somebody, to a very small version of myself around, you know, him and everybody else. So I I see that God is exposing that, you know. He was one of the biggest antagonizers, I think, really, growing up. 
but that's not the issue, you know. I don't even think I'm that mad about this, you know, the name card and all the other stuff. For me, it was more like that's how you really feel. That's how you really feel. You feel that way, you know. You don't respect me. You don't respect who I am as a human being. And I need to know that about you. That's something I need to know. Because why would I be sitting here thinking like we on the same page? Or at least you feel lightweight how I feel about it. And it's it's not crazy for me to think that because it's not an assumption. You said it. You agreed with that. It's just that I spoke up and you ain't say nothing. And you got to watch out for people like that. No matter who they is, you got to watch out for people who talk about these things that they want to change or they got an issue with. But whenever it's time to change it, they don't never say or do nothing. You really got to watch out for people like that, you know, because it's like in your mind, you, I don't know. Was you just stringing me along or is you afraid to step up? You know, or maybe... You got your own plans. You in your head making your own little evil plans about how you going to deal with this. And it ain't including me. You don't have no good intentions for me. It is what it is, but I felt some shift in the spirit when that happened. Because he was finally telling the truth to my face. But it got cut short. As soon as I said something, I think I said, like, wow, you actually spoke up about something and just said it. You actually just said it. Wow. Then he just went back to being the same antagonizer and issue. And I'm seeing that. I'm fighting all day, every day. All day, every day, I'm fighting. I'm just, like, fighting for them. Doing everything in my power to help them and, you know, keep our family together. But, you know, this might be why the prophecy says I did everything that I could and I still couldn't do nothing. I just had to leave. I had to leave because they gonna, they not ever going to change. They don't have no intentions of finding God for real. They don't have no intentions of ever treating me with real respect. They never going to accept me for who I am destined to be. I cannot stay around them because if I stay around them, they'll forever want to keep me small. It's not going to work. And I go through these emotions every day because it's like I'm seeing visions of me really fighting so hard to help them. And it feel like they respond. And then I have the fact that God has shown me, you know, they not themselves. Demons got their bodies. And I know that's true from what I've experienced. But still, would I even be able to save them? Because then you have to mention that Satan said, I'm not even going to be able to save them. My brother. Well, he said, I'm not going to be able to save him, not them. 
you know, my sister was delivered, but it still don't feel like she's much different, you know. I'm not going to automatically assume that. I feel like she does help. Maybe she knows who God is, and still she was saved regardless of however she still decided to be. That still happened. But, you know, she still, I don't think she still even want to see me in the position that God about to place me in. I don't know if they ever, I don't know if they can be there. I really don't, I don't know. But at the same time, I don't trust none of it yet. We're going to see what God do. We're going to see how God make this work out. Because this vision, the second part, the second vision I had with Bill kind of shows me that this individual that I see myself in his future with, you know, I don't cannot be trusted. I don't think can be trusted. How can this individual be the one person who had my back more than my whole entire family? You know, would have never let something like this happen to me, but can still play the background role and lie to me, letting me believe I do not know you, letting me believe that this is not happening, letting me believe that, you know, somehow we're supposed to live happily ever after together when really you're just after my power. Like, nah. I can't, I grew up in an abusive family. I grew up around the same narcissistic abusers just like you. Y'all got that in common. If you want somebody like that, why won't you choose somebody like that? You see, I'm fighting my way out of this. You see, I want better for my life. You see, I want a future that's away from this narcissistic abuse. Maybe you do too, but I can't really call it, you know, because you can't ever start something off with lies and feel like that's going to ever finish well. So I don't think that this person is for me, and I can't imagine a future set in stone with somebody who could start off lying to me. Even though I don't know if that's all the way true. I got this future vision years ago, years before this ever happened. And if they told me this years before this ever happened, then they wasn't lying, per se. They just didn't tell me who they was. Because whatever reason, maybe I have yet to understand. Who knows? Maybe it was necessary for me to go through all these different things that I'm going through in order to become who I'm meant to be, destined to be, so things could go the way that they're supposed to go. But something I feel like I've been recognizing lately about just family and new supporters Lately, I've been seeing a lot of different posts, and just my whole life, I've been seeing a lot of different posts and, and different things being said, like, you would never get the support you're supposed to have in your hometown from the people you grew up with. You got to go off into this world to find a real support for people to recognize you for who you really are and really appreciate that, because the people you grew up with ain't never going to want to see you be nothing. They don't want you to be more. They don't want you to be great. They can never stand to see it. 
Even the Bible say that. John 4.44. For a prophet is not respected in his his own hometown. So, you got to go off into this world. You got to venture off and meet the people who going to actually appreciate you and recognize you. You're not going to be respected in your own home with the family members you grew up with. And you're not going to be respected in your own hometown with the people you grew up with. You're only going to be respected and acknowledged and appreciated elsewhere. And I feel that maybe that is what's happening because I moved to Houston and things start happening like this. Things start getting exposed. And now it feels like I got all these different people who are looking and watching me and paying attention to me. As opposed to my whole life in my hometown. Why no, Why this didn't happen before? How come it's just now happening and I've been this individual? That just goes to show. People would never want to see you be nothing if you grew up with them. No matter who it is, really. But I'm not like that. I don't think I'm like that. I don't think I'm like that. I want to see everybody around me be somebody. So I don't know how that's true all the way. It's just not true for everybody. But all I know is this make me feel like, well, one thing that I really have a big question about, so funny, different people don't mind showing me who they are. Different people don't mind you know, showing me that they are who they are. This is what this is. And, yeah, they know me. This is happening. This is real. You know, you're not crazy. Then this individual who I'm supposed to have this future with, not quite, not quite so. You know, when it comes down to me getting very close to being free forever in God, the first thing that they do, they MO, is to pretend as if they never was here. This never happened. I never knew them. And I'm not even going to overlook the fact that when it comes to exposing whatever this is to the world, you know, and being honest about what's really going on here and who people really are. This individual makes me look like like I'm crazy, leaves me alone by myself with nobody but God, and treats me like like he laughs at me with everybody else. You ain't got no good intentions for me. You don't care about me. I only have God, and that's all I will ever have. I can never depend on nobody in this world. This individual showed up when nobody else was there for me, and it felt like it was no benefit for this person. But... Regardless of anything, what I need to remember is that the only person I really got is God. The only one I got is God. God is the only one I have. He's always going to be the only one I have. And I can never base my future off any of these individuals because they, you don't know what's going on in somebody else's head. You will never know how somebody really feel about this situation, despite how you feel. So I just got to trust God because he know he can be trusted. He's worthy to be praised. He's the only person I ever really need. He's the only one I ever need. If I got to do this without everybody else in the world, I, that's what I'm going to do. And you know what Diddy said that? But it's not like I want to give him too much credit, but he said, you better off just doing it by yourself for real. You don't need nobody. Keep it like that. That's how you really become successful. That's how I did it. 
and I got it in me, so I might as well. But I just feel so hopeless when I think about never, ever being able to ever have that one person that understands. Excuse me, that got the heart you got in this world. But Jesus, you know. I don't think I, I I don't belong in this world. I never will. I never will. So, you know, really, I just want to go be in heaven with God. That's all I really want. But I'm starting to learn to appreciate my life for what it's worth. And remain here until my purpose and destiny is fulfilled here on this earth. Because that's the only way to respect God. That's the only way. You can't ever truly respect God. So, it is what it is. This is different. I wake up feeling this way about Bill. And I'm just like, you know, why isn't it you? For real, for real. And then I get all these different messages like, well, he don't really have the best intent for you. Meaning, he ain't really for God, you know? This other individual, though, they got their flaws where they lie and they hide. And they got all this other smoke around them that really don't mean my life no, no good at all. You know, they still for God. Or at least for me being for God. And that's, I don't know if that's enough. It's probably more than I'm going to get. Because my own family, everybody I grew up with, don't even seem like they for that for real. But that shouldn't matter. Because I don't really need nobody. So... That being said, you know, once you realize that, it's like, whatever. You ain't got the qualities or you're not doing the things that I feel that I deserve. That's just that. It ain't no, you know, it ain't no pretending. I cannot pretend or deny the truth. I don't want to deny the truth. I don't want to. Even if I am right now, I plan on never doing that again. As soon as I get the opportunity to grow into the individual who can never do that again. I don't want to live a lie. I want somebody to be happy with me, happy with themselves, confident in whoever we are at any point and moment in time. You know, despite, you know, despite what it is the circumstances look like, you got to be proud to be around me. You got to be proud to be with me. You got to be proud to be yourself. You got to be proud to do that. No, I respect none of that. But I'm I'm learning. I'm growing. I got flaws. I get it. But at least that. If I can't even say it's you, you know, you're my biggest supporter. You're my biggest fan. You're the one who is, you know, for me. I'm for you. You for me. If I can't even be honest about that 
and a hundred about that. It's like, is it the most important thing? I don't know, but I know that God kept pointing out this scripture in the Bible. It said, do not deal with anybody that, you know, only honors you in secret. It's better to be, you know, rebuked in public than honored in secret. That's what the Bible say. I love God. He put it all in there. You rebuke me in public and you try to honor me in secret. I don't need that. I don't need that. I can do better. I can do so much better than that. You know, because at least if I deal with somebody who don't rock with me like that or got their different flaws, at least they'll be honest about it. I deserve that at least, or at least I can know who they are and accept them for who they are because they actually can openly and honestly be that individual instead of feeling so pressured by other people's opinions in the world. I don't care what you think your reasons behind it is, but I deserve better than that. And I think a lot of this situation, excuse me, got a lot to do with that. This person, whole life is fueled and surrounded by putting on a show and an image for the world. Being somebody they not to the world and then in, pub, in private being somebody totally different. I understand the pressure that it is on black men and black people, period, to do that. But, nah, I can't do that, you know? I'm not about to run from the truth. I'm not about to deny my truth. You know, I'm going to live in my truth, no matter what the consequences is, because that's where the real peace at. That's where God is at, and that's what God is calling me to do, so... Whatever I got to go through for God to get back to God, to get to where he need me to be, to complete this assignment, to finally be free of all of this forever. Excuse me, I see that I'm just going to have to do. And I don't believe that nobody going to be there by that time but me and God. There's going to be a lot of people there, but... As far as on that level of, you know, we in this together type thing. I don't know. I'm probably just what it seemed like. Seem like I'm probably just God's wife. You know, ain't really meant to marry no man here because I'm on another level. You know, he told me when I was young I was going to be a nun. But I don't know. That probably, I don't know if that was even God either. I don't know. Only time will tell. Only God knows his plans and his will for my life. And my point is, I'm submitting to that. I'm submitting to God's will for my life. I can't do this. I can't. I can't ignore this type of stuff. Oh, I ignored too much of my life already. I'm ready to be free. And as soon as you're ready to be free, here come the next level of issues and problems of what you're supposed to ignore, what you're supposed to, oh, you coming out of that? Come into this. No, I'm coming out of all of it. I don't want to come into nothing you got for me. The only thing I want to come into is God's will for my life. That's it. Everybody else can go. 
maybe you added or contributed to my life. That's the point of you being here, right? You're not here for no mis- You're not here by mistake. God is intentional. He placed you on my path for a reason to learn from this. But like I said, you not permanent. You can't be here to stay. Because if you were, you would be doing permanent things. You would behave in a permanent manner. You temporary. So I got to treat it like that. And it's important for me to know that. But it's okay. I already did know that. When God revealed to me and exposed to me at my lowest, I would never have nobody but him. That's why I need to treat it like at my highest, too. It is what it is. The reason why I keep seeing this Don't forget about God when you get what you pray for because God is always there for you. And a lot of times we as well, a lot I know how I've been feeling lately. I know it might be a human thing. You can start getting things and you start getting out of that season of, you know, isolation and, you know, aloneness and or feeling alone but nobody but God, you know. At your lowest, you get out of that season, people start showing up again. They start congratulating you for making it out of something that they would have left you in. If it wasn't for God, you would have never made it out. You know? Stuff like that start happening, and then you almost want to forget that it was just God. It was only you and God. You get to the point where you start hanging out with these people, appreciating these people, and spending more time with these people than you did with God. I'm not choosing nobody over God, but I do know that I was a lot more focused on him when nobody else was around. So I need to treat it like that even when they hear. That means even when you hear, I don't care what you feel like is better for me to do or how good your company feel to me. You know, if it interfered with my time with God, you got to go. And if God had me focus on him all day, every day, then, you know, until he say come up for air, that's probably what need to happen. And he ain't said that yet. So, you know, I almost hope he never say it. I, I don't, I don't, I don't feel the same way about people. I don't, you know, they show the, who they are. I could stay with God forever and never deal with none of these people for the rest of my life. And I will be fine because God is everything that I need. The only issue I have is that I have a lot of different things, forces, people, powers, keeping me from him. I think that's what keeps me distracted. They are the distractions, and they're in a way. But I truly believe that if I could dwell in God's presence without any distractions or hindrances or boundaries, besides the ones he set in place, which they're all set in place by him, but, you know, for the rest of my life, I don't think I ever had to come up for air. I genuinely believe that, you know. But, you know, it's not meant to be that easy. God needs you to be tempted and tested so you can prove that this is where you want to be. It's a choice. It's not a force. Not by force. It's not, you know, you have free will choice. And he wants you to choose him every time, no matter how hard it is, no matter what temptations you face, no matter what you got going on around you. He wants you to choose him. He wants you to learn how to do that and get good at that. Because only by then do we know that, you know, this is who you are. This is who you are. Well, he knows who you are, but this is where you want to be. So, 
I'm working on that because even in myself, I'm not even a hundred for God. So I know that I have a big issue with how people have not been a hundred to me. A lot of different things they lack. They may be good in this area and not good in that area or bad in all areas. Or I never met somebody good in all areas, you know, but God. But, you know, that, that don't mean they don't exist. But all I know is, you know, when God, when I'm referring to myself and compare myself to Jesus, which is the only person I can compare myself to because I can't judge nobody. All I know is I'm not even 100 yet. I'm not 100% yet, but I know that. That's why I'm fighting every single day to be more, to be better, to grow, so I can get to 100%. I'm not 100 yet because I still can't 100% focus on God despite whatever distraction or hindrance that's in my, in my path. I can't 100% give myself to God despite whatever temptation you know, and Jesus deserved better than that for being the only person in my corner where nobody else was there. He deserved my everything and my all. He deserved for me to come out of this world that was going to dispose of me and leave me for dead. And he saved me. He felt my life was valuable when nobody else did. He saw me as something. He loved me regardless. Jesus was there. I des- He deserved my all. He deserved my everything. He, deser- he deserved my undivided attention. And... He deserved to be number one in my life at all times. And for me to show that the best way I possibly can, which I would never stop working on being better at that. So Jesus deserves everything. I just wonder, I, I swear the biggest question is, why I ever share this with anybody? Why would anybody ever be, you know, for me enough that I can share this with them? Or for God enough, because it ain't even about me. Would anybody ever be for God enough? I can share this with them. I don't know. I know that God is showing me what it's like to be him and have to forgive us a lot. Forgive to be forgiven. So if this future truly is set in stone and it cannot be changed, and this individual was doing this the whole time and being this person and, you know, behaving in this manner the whole time, then that must be the biggest lesson of my life that, you know, you're going to have to over overlook certain flaws and certain things about people when, when they've done the work to become a better person and they're not that person anymore because you weren't always this person. You had to do the work and you had to get here. So you, you show that same courtesy to somebody else like Jesus has shown that courtesy to you. I see that. I recognize that for what it is. I can't say it's easy, though. Because sometimes you have to be willing to overlook some pretty big letdowns. But another thing I want to say is that I think that's what keeps me fighting. If I can overlook the flaws in anybody else outside of my family or in this world, why can't I overlook the flaws in them? If I can forgive people in this world who will let me down and, and turning back on me, why can't I forgive my family? Somehow in my heart, I'm feeling like, you know, I, the where they sit, knowing me my whole life and supposed and claim to have loved me that I shouldn't have never had to deal with that from them. 
it hurts way more. But it's really still the same. They just human just like everybody else. You know, they're not going to be 100%. And even when they want to see you lose way more than everybody else in the world, 